guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> Cinderella story, out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Wearing all black, being aggressive, hitting bombs. Hey everybody, welcome to the Guys of Golf podcast, a podcast where us three morons talk about some golf. So, it's kind of a crazy week. Right now we're down a moron. But a couple weeks ago, I made sure that we were going to have an extra moron on the podcast. So we have 50-year-old men winning major championships, and we're also joined by Maddie Riggs. Maddie, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm living in Hawaii, so I can't really complain. Yeah, Cam and I are both both very... (laughs) Maddie just flipped around her view for us, and I think Nico and I is like... We were very happy people, but our, our like jealousy meter is usually pretty good. And it just went off the charts as soon as she flipped her camera around. So Maddie, thank you for joining us. Appreciate you coming. No on. problem. You should see the courses that I'm playing right now. You'd really be jealous. It just go up even more than it already is. <laughs> I really don't want to, I really don't want to think about that if I'm being honest. Um, <laughs> So for those listeners who haven't connected the dots, Maddie Riggs is the daughter of Brady Riggs. We had him on back in December, I think, of 2020. Um, Maddie is a you know collegiate golfer, a former collegiate golfer at UC Irvine. Um, and we'll talk about a bunch of her stuff later on. But the more important thing that we need to talk about, not that you're important, not important, Maddie, but the more important thing we need to talk about is Phil Mickelson, a 50-year-old man, just won a major championship. At Q, Phil, what, what a thought. What a thought. <laughs> We, so we had Don on last week, secretary of the PGA of America. He texted me yesterday. He said, Brooks and Phil in the final pairing, tell me the PGA isn't the best major there is. <laughs> yeah. And all right. And he wasn't kidding, man. Carrie Haig like murdered the setup. It was unbelievable. It played really well, it played fair, but it played hard because the wind was different each day. And like, I don't think Phil was on anyone's radar. Honestly, I really no don't. One. I don't know if you guys saw. I don't know if you guys saw the stat. They had it earlier on in the in the broadcast today. So I mean, obviously conditions super windy were brutal for rounds one, two, and pretty much most of round three. Holes one through four, combined with holes fourteen through eighteen in the first three rounds, played one thousand seventy nine shots over par for the oh field. Oh my gosh! One thousand from my wow. from my junior golf tournament like history. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, come on. Uh, yeah, no. So 1,079 shots over par, just those eight holes, eight, nine holes, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's absolutely insane. It was playing a lot, e- or those holes were playing easier today because the wind had pretty much just switched around. But um, yeah, absolutely crazy. I did, I, I put this in the outline just because I want to mention it because that was funny. Eric Van Royen destroyed a T marker on 17 <laughs> after putting a ball in the water on Friday. <laughs> he just, it just rolls into the water and we, you just see the video of him just like smacking a T marker and then his caddy starts to walk and like backs up because he doesn't want to get hit by a club. It was pretty funny. There was some massive anger outburst. We saw, I don't know which guy it was, but he chipped it on. It rolled all the way back into his own divot. And then he oh. just took his wedge and was beating the crap out of his <laughs> bag, his entire yeah. bag. Like it's one thing to break one club. But you can break all of your clubs in that moment. I just don't understand it. I saw a video of John Rahm. He broke a microphone off the tee box. I don't know what hole it was, <laughs> but he just like, I, I don't know if he necessarily did it on purpose, but he just kind of like dropped the club and it just like kind of slammed into the microphone. The microphone just like fell off the stand. It was, it, it was another just, yeah. So, I mean, tough conditions just make everyone go crazy, but we saw a lot of it this week, which is good. That's kind of what major championships yeah. are supposed to be. 
It was carnage. I mean, it was. It's different than like a U.S. Open where everyone's complaining about the conditions. Like, I feel like it was kind of the consensus that it was a very fair golf course. It's just the conditions themselves made it difficult, which I thought was good. And and like Don was talking about last week, their kind of mentality wasn't to make it about them. They were trying to make it about the players, and I feel like they succeeded in that for sure. Like this was a uh, one of the best PGAs that I can remember in a long time. Yeah, I think I think that having the tournament really not even be close to over on a Sunday until the 17th hole was done. You know, there's so many big scores to be made out there. So it just keeps everyone invested in the tournament. And I think they were did a really good job of keeping us like on our toes. Because you never know, Phil could have pumped one in the water on the last hole. He still oh. almost could have after his tee shot. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I said to my mom as Phil was standing on 17 tee, I was like, this is the most important tee shot of the tournament, basically, because you can easily put one in the water, hits the tee shot, using that tall grass. You can easily blade that, trying to hit it too hard out of that and go in the water. So, I mean, it was just 17 was, a, I mean, he made bogey on 17, but I mean, he still had a two shot lead going into 18. And it was just, I mean, even 18, 18 was playing yeah. tough all week, too. So anything can go wrong there. Golf is just one of those things where you just never know what the hell is going to happen. So, and, and a golf course like this, and how I was playing this week, it was especially. True. We almost lost Brooks Kepka in a crowd. Like, <laughs> we did. We did lose Brooks Kepka. Like, where did he? That guy's huge. How do we lose Brooks Kepka? He's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a scene coming up 18. Like, I had almost, I had borderline never seen anything like that other than when Tiger won the tour championship a couple of years ago. That was right. bananas, especially like in a post COVID world too, where like we haven't had like concerts, we haven't had anything to see that scene with Phil leading the charge. I mean, it was unbelievable. It was memorable for sure, man. Yeah. I was concerned, you know, he's in the high risk population at his age. So I was a little bit concerned <laughs> for him. Oh yes. The high old age of 50 years old. Um, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was saying to me, and my dad were saying, it's like, yeah, you know, COVID is, is definitely on the decline right now and it's becoming less of an issue still it's kind of going around but it was very refreshing to see that many fans out there creating that much of an atmosphere at a golf tournament and then obviously like you said cam that scene on 18 was just kind of incredible and it gave me memories of you know tiger as a 2019 tour championship and stuff but i mean i just it was super refreshing week not only the golf, but just to see the fans and stuff. And then Phil was saying it after he won, uh, you know, during the trophy presentation that the fans were just creating an atmosphere like he had never seen before. It must be a huge change to go from no fans. I mean, the LPJ tour still doesn't have fans, but to go from no fans to that, you know, being engulfed by a crowd, I, I would have freaked out. I don't know. Oh yeah, That would have been yeah. more nerve wracking than trying to hit the green on 18. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like being swarmed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, who, well, so we had Phil and then Brooks was doing his whole, like, he can't squat, but he was doing this. Like, he was still doing the weird thing with his knee. And it was, I was outrageous. It was, it was awesome. Nico and I have been saying this. We've been saying Ustahuzen like constantly before you got on this call, because that's the funnest way to so, pronounce. Well, okay. Well, his name is, his name is Ustazen, And I don't know what tournament it was, but some announcer at some point called him Ustahuzen on a live broadcast. <laughs> And so ever since, ever since I heard that on live broadcast, I just call him Ustahuzen. I didn't even recognize him with his, with his shaved face. I didn't even recognize him. I was confused. Last tournament he played wasn't that long ago. I remember seeing him on the broadcast and he was, he still had the beard. So it was a little bit weird to see, but yeah, I do want to talk about Brooks for a second because Brooks kind of, I feel I'm a big Brooks guy and Brooks is those guys. He's always around in the majors. And obviously, you know, he was down two. he lost by two shots today, but it didn't really feel like that. Cause he birdied 
16 and went par par. But I mean, he had he, 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 four bogeys with no birdies from seven until 13 this round and stuff. His, sh- his putting from short range, at least on Saturday and Sunday when I was watching a lot, was absolutely horrendous. It was shaky. It was very shaky. Like you saw him, you saw him go and make some 15, 20 footers. Even I think he made a good birdie putt on some holes yesterday, but it was just, it was kind of weird to watch because you're sitting there and every like five footer you see him hit, it looked like he did. He missed it. I don't think he made a single one of them. Well, and then he he missed, he lifted out on the two footer on, what was it? Three or four today? Like, three. yeah, it was three. Yeah, three. I, it was, yeah. He just couldn't put anything together, but it's, it's crazy to me that even after knee surgery, even after like whatever the case may be, he's still like, could have won the PGA. What I can't figure out, like what about the PGA, like brings him alive. Like it's, it's fascinating to see just majors in general, though, I feel like at this point, but he, he could have won the PGA this year. So not easily, but all he had to do was if he parred the par fives, just made par on them. Didn't even do anything special. He wins by two shots. Win by like that that. Just no, not even the par five. If he if his putting from inside of eight feet, I mean eight feet on the PGA Tour is that kind of fifty percent. Yeah. If he was inside of eight feet, if he was putting so much better than he was, he would have won by like five or six shots this yeah. week. I mean, it was absolutely insane. I'm so happy that Phil won. I'm a big Brooks guy though, and it was just kind of disappointing to. I, I, again, like I love to see Phil win, and I didn't necessarily hope that Brooks won ahead of him, but it would have been nice to see Brooks not. I like, just think it was it was a almost like deja vu from last year at Harding Park. You know, Kepka just couldn't, he just couldn't get out of his own way. Like he just beat himself today and he made like that double on two. You know, you you hit a bad, a bad tee shot. That's one thing. It's a good layup and then misses the green with a wedge and makes double. Right. To, just hit it in the back, middle of the green. Right, to a back hole location. Like, I understand that it's a wedge in your hand. You can hit it close and potentially make birdie, but, you know, hit it in the middle of the green and have a 20-footer because you're hitting those better than you're hitting the five-footers anyways. Yeah. So just, mm-hmm. you know, try and get out of that zone so you maybe have a chance of making it, as stupid as that may sound. Especially coming off the birdie on one. That right, was yeah. A, I mean, what, yeah. a two-shot swing on it's that a two, hole? It's a two-shot swing on the, off the first hole. So go and just try and, you know, maybe par. Uh, yeah, after the bad t-shirt, just try and make par in the second hole to retain that. Yeah. yeah. He could have yeah. gone birdie, maybe birdie, give himself a chance, birdie. And instead he went birdie, double, par. It's just like... Right, just that, just that one hole today, just that one hole, he would have been tied for the lead. We would have had a playoff. Yeah, yep. exactly. And so, I think 11 was pivotal too for Kepka. You know, he hits that... He, he goes for the green on that hole for some reason and hits it in the bunker and screws himself and makes bogey yeah. or par. I don't remember exactly if he made par or bogey, but he just needed to have a wedge in his hand and try and make birdie there. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's one of these things where, yeah, Kepka, you, I mean, he was hitting it good. It seemed like he was hitting it good all week, except for today a little bit, but you know, going for some of those par fives and trying to make birdies is kind of what you need to do to win a major championship. But it just didn't just didn't work out for uh, for Kepka this week. I think we we do have to talk about that freaking bunker shot on five though. That was insane. So so I'm watching the coverage and Nick Faldo. So he like cracked his three iron on the range before, right? One was iron that the storyline. He he cracked the face on his one iron on the range beforehand, so he right. had to put the four wood in the bag instead. Right. Right. So Nick Faldo joking, kind of sarcastic, is like, oh, like what if the guy, you know, the things he says. 
Um, anyway. I hate Nick Feldo. Please continue. <laughs> I just hate. I just hate Nick Feldo. Imagine, referencing Imagine Dragons every three seconds. Um, uh. He's like, so he goes, "What if the golf cards are like thinking of Phil?" And he like holds this out. Wouldn't that be amazing? Because he had to take a shorter club into the screen than what he would have taken. <laughs> Phil freaking hold it out. Everyone goes insane. You see him put the club up itself. I mean, it was, it was insane. Like he legit just straight up called it. And I, I don't want to say that was the turning point for the day, but that final group was very dicey leading up to that point. And once he had made that, it was just, he got the ball rolling and was, I don't want to say there was no way he was losing, but you could tell that he, he knew at that moment, like, okay, this, this is, this might actually just happen. I, I said to, I said to, I think it was the Jason Snow was blowing up our fantasy football he podcast or group chat today. So I don't know if it was that group chat or to you and Daniel, but I said it, it wouldn't have been a major with Phil in contention without, without a little bit of magic from him on the short game, like that bunker shot. So that was kind of the moment where, you know, it definitely wasn't over on the fifth hole, but the second he did that, I was like, okay, he's on, he's kind of doing it. And I, I think that he has a really great chance of, of winning it today. So you need some luck to win a major. I think even to just win a tournament in general, you need a good bounce. You need a hole out. Something good has to happen at some point, And that happened for Phil today. 100%. So yeah, it was to who's in, in the mix. Our picks sucked other than Daniel who in a shock, shockingly Tony Finau finished top 10. Um, he was the only uh, one who freaking made the cut out of our picks. I had DJ. I picked cut. Finau. I yeah. picked Finau too. I did. Yeah. So yeah. So Maddie, when we had your dad on, um, we all did major picks. Uh, I picked, let's see, who did I pick? I picked you Fleetwood. Fleetwood Mid- yeah. I picked Fleetwood miscut. Cam picked DJ miscut. Uh, Daniel picked Finau. <laughs> To you know, shot one under place top ten. Your dad picked DJ, who also missed that. So uh, K- or, uh, Daniel was the only one that got his even somewhat correct for that. I want to talk about Ustazen for a hot minute, real quick. I didn't realize how like you like Ustazen may be my dark horse <laughs> for major championships now, just because he won the 2010 Open Championship by seven shots at Saint Andrews. So that's first off. He only has the one major win, so it's been 11 years since he has a major. But he has seven other top 10 finishes in major championships, which include four second place finishes and a third place finish, uh, aside from this week. So he has eight top 10s, five second place and a third place finish in, uh, in, in major champions. Wow. What a yeah. stat. He's a ball striker. He's my, new, he's good. my new good stat finder. <laughs> he's my new dark horse for major championships. I, that's just it. He should be. He's got it. He's one of those guys. He's kind of sneaky, though. I feel like, like he's such a good ball striker. He doesn't hit it like 500 yards. He just and he's a very like consistent guy. Short game is good. Putting's amazing. And his, I think he worked with Carl Morris a lot. It, wasn't he the one who had like the red dot on his glove? I think. Yeah, I think so. Who's to who's in? So like his mental game is so there that he's like not this super crazy kind of emotional guy on the course. He's almost I don't want to say like the Terminator, but like. He's like so focused in on what he's doing that I, yeah, he's definitely going to be a sneaky pick from here on out to win like every major. Yeah. He's just, he doesn't react. He's just, he's not emotional. He had that really bad lie and he punched it out. I don't know what hole that was on when he was like under the grass in the bunker Yeah, and he punches it out and doesn't even react. And I think that's huge to just, it's so emotionally draining in those types of tournaments and he's just calm. If he would have made any amount of putts for this event, I really think he could have almost won it. Oh, he yeah. just couldn't make anything. Nothing would go in. Like you said, Maddie, there's so many people that were kind of in the mix and it was really awesome to see just because again, like 
you know, Phil came in today with a one shot lead and it seemed like, you know, everyone who was in the top 10, it seemed like they had a chance, especially when Phil and, and Brooks really weren't playing that great for the first couple of holes. It was like, okay, like the lead may go down to four under or something. And some of these guys who started the day at one over even par may have a chance if they play well in the back nine. So it, uh, but yeah, I mean, he stays was just another guy T2 this week, but I mean, yeah, he just made a couple more putts. It was, it was, you know, another major for him. We had Morikawa, Zalatora, Scheffler, Fowler, Rom, all finishing T8. I think that was at one under par. That was to be expected, huh? We just kind of expect, like the younger guys and the, the big hitters, the ball strikers, like those are the people that you would pick for a major. Yeah. And Fowler, who would have thought? Yeah, well, Ricky, Ricky, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but he's been in a big slump. So he got an exemption and played like an absolute stud. Got himself pretty close. I mean, he was up there on on the first page of the leaderboard for a little bit of today when I was, everyone was falling apart. So good for he's got the shades. He's rocking the Oakleys now. He's wor- he's rocking the Oakleys, which I kind of I it, it looks good on him. But not only that, he's working with a new coach. I think he, he, oh, he yeah? was a butch he was a butch guy. I think he's working with uh, with John Tillery. I think he's working with Kevin Kisner's coach now. No way, JT. Yeah. Yo, no, no, no. Yeah. You mean you mean Trent Ryan's coach? Yeah, sorry. Trent yeah. Ryan from Barstool's coach. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, um, Ricky, good to see him around again. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, DJ, JT missed the cut. Shoffley missed the cut. Like, a lot of big guys just couldn't get it done. So, yeah, good, good, good tournament, good conditions. Maddie, so, we, have to talk, we have to talk about this guy really quickly. Because you have a story about this guy that I think is hilarious. Uh, your, your friend there, Aaron, Aaron Wise, finished T-17. Oh God! What do you want to know about Aaron? <laughs> I just want I just want I just want you to tell I just want you to tell Cam why you're friends with Aaron Wise. Now. I'm not friends with Aaron Wise. Why are you friends with Aaron Wise, Maddie? Come on! <laughs> I'm not friends with him. I just snapchat him a few times, and then I was like, and then he just left me on red. So we're chilling. It's fine. It was just, a long time I, I ago. Just, I just remember a couple years ago. Yeah. A couple years ago when, when Maddie was single, I was just like, I was just one day I was talking to her. She's like, yeah. So I was Snapchatting Aaron wise. yesterday. I was like, what, what are you talking about? It was like the week, the week of the masters. And I was that week that he was playing well in the masters. And I was like, are you nervous? Like, I didn't know what are you supposed to talk to somebody like that about? I was was so lame. I was like a sophomore in college. I, not that I'm less lame now, but you know, I have a boyfriend now. I'm, I've calmed down. I'm, I'm in a you new stage it. of my life. I'm a college you graduate. A li- you have a little bit more together now. Let's just yeah. say. Yes. So, no, I didn't pay attention. I don't know how I saw, he finished. I'm not I following him. him. I saw God. him up there on the leaderboard. And I, was, I just said to myself, I was like, I think I need to bring that up. I think that's pretty good. That's, <laughs> Thank you, Nico. Uh, yeah, you're, you, welcome. you're welcome. Gosh, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, too. I miss you, too. It's been a, it's been a long time. It has um, been a while. Okay, so we need to talk about something that you're going to have a lot to say about, Matt. Um, I think we all will have a lot to say. But we all have a lot to say about Maddie. this, but but this is like this is just Maddie Riggs Central right here. This was two weeks ago at this point because we were going to we did it was we should have talked about last episode, but I knew we were going to have Maddie on, so I didn't want to talk about it. NCAA Women's Regionals in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, got canceled because seven inches of rain made the golf course not playable to a championship level, even though it the was course playable. was playable. It was, the it course was playable, playable, but quote unquote, not to a championship level as the asshole standing in the steps from the NCAA said. 
I said, um, what does that as, even mean? As soon as that that video came out, I I tweeted out. I said that guy is must be from Jupiter because he's more stupider. <laughs> like yeah. he, I can, it's hundred percent playable. You have so yeah. He comes out on the steps and he's like, oh, it's not playable under tournament conditions. We're so sorry. And for a lot of these gals, like it's their last college tournament. A lot of them are seniors. A lot of them are either transferring or you know whatever or, or turning pro or whatever. So it might be their last tournament together. And this guy is like, we can't play it. It's done. And it's in playable condition. And I, I felt absolutely terrible. And they're all there saying, hey, let us play. We don't care. Just let us play, please. And he would not budge. And it was unbelievable. Maddie, we got to hear your take on this. You know, I just played in my last college tournament. I the Big West Conference Championships. And I wasn't necessarily crying because it was over. But it's a chapter that you want to finish on your own terms. and to have that happen to those girls and have that be the last college experience that they're going to have. It's just, it's not fair. And I think the way that they handled it was so poor. They didn't even take questions. They just dropped this bomb and then peaced out. And then they locked the doors and were like, we're not going to talk to anyone. Sorry. Like, how do you not communicate with the people that you're doing this to? And you can't say that, of course, if maybe if he didn't say it, his the words that really made it bad was when he said the course is playable but not to a championship level like there are rules in golf that are designed for rain and for conditions that are not ideal you can play with standing water you can have the bunkers you can take drops out of bunkers half of this season half this season we already played with lift clean in place because of covid we were, we were not we were already doing that it, it was just really sad. You could hear the girls crying in the video. It's, it's just really sad. It's just unfair. Well, you've got to assume too, like a, a lot of them were probably like just finished their rain session, like on the punting green, like getting ready to tee off and like getting in the mental zone that you have to be to play at that level and everything. And then this guy, this random bo- dude comes out and drops this huge bomb that no one would have ever expected. And it's like, you got to be kidding me that they're emotionally and, and, you know, physically and everything, you've been preparing for this moment your whole college career. And then it's just like, psh, gone. Probably right. not the best move to have the guy come out and drop that bomb. Like, I just yeah. don't know what they were thinking. Like, they couldn't have thought in their mind, we're going to go out, say this dumbass speech, and then it, it, this is going to go over well. Like, who did we not think this through? Like, people care, but this is everyone's passion you know we love the game we love playing and a lot of us like we make great bonds with our teammates and it's just tragic that that happened and that guy was just such a prick like what a jerk my big thing too is a lot of these girls if especially if they're seniors were getting a second chance anyways because their season got got messed up from covid last year as well they, you know, their senior year got screwed and, and a lot of them were given a second chance, an extra year of eligibility to, to play because of COVID. And then, yeah, you have this guy who is once again, just stopping on a dime. Okay. Your college career is over now. It's, it's really over. You're not going to get another year after this. It's just, you're done. And, you know, yes, yeah, so, some of these girls are going to try and, you know, turn professional and stuff and, and play more competitive golf. But a lot of them are just, you know, we're playing college golf because they had an opportunity to go to college and pay less for college to get a degree to go get an actual job, something they would much rather do. So competitive golf isn't something they want to do for the rest of their lives. But like you said, you, you form bonds with your teammates and stuff and you want to compete with them and have a good time. And it just got cut off super quickly. So it's really disappointing, but that does kind of play into the next thing we want to say, the bar stool 
let them play classic. So Maddie, do you want to kind of talk about what happened with that? Cause I know that, you know, I don't, I don't actually, I really don't know much about that. I don't, I'm, I know you guys are big barstool fans. I'm going <laughs> to take a step back and say that I am not a big barstool okay. fan. Okay. That's so fine. you That's guys fine. talk about it and then I'll throw my two cents in. Cause I kind of know about it, but I want you guys to give the background. So, so the, the, the guys over at barstool who host the four play podcast, Mr. Riggs Bazoyan, he, uh, he came out of nowhere, out of the clouds and, and walked up on the steps, just like the guy, just like the guy. And he's, like, <laughs> he was at, like, he was at, he was at, he was actually in our kind of our neck of the woods. He was at Monarch beach in, in, oh, really? in SoCal. Yeah. It was, at, oh, it was okay. at Monarch beach in SoCal. So, so they've been doing this barstool classic tournament for, this is the second year, which is like a huge ordeal to put together third year. So, which is a huge ordeal to put together. I mean, you have to get all these tournament locations and get it all prepared and all this like logistical nightmarish stuff. So they had already put that together. So he comes out on the steps and is like, Hey, we're going to work with NCAA and we're going to figure something out. So they announced the let them play classic which is this tournament they got with their tournament coordinator and with whirlwind golf club in Arizona. Amazing golf course, by the way, I think it's when we talked about our favorite golf courses, it's, it's an unbelievable venue. It's just amazing. Have you played um, there cam? Yeah. Yeah. I've played devil's Uh claw. It's awesome. Um, and my dad is going to go play a tournament there in a couple weeks, actually great venue, great people out there, but they get with whirlwind. They put together this, let them play class that they invite all the teams that were in that event. And only the teams that were in that event, they get with the NCAA. They make sure it's like an eligible, legitimate event. They get it on all the scoring sites, all of this. So it's like a legit, legitimate tournament. The outpour of support was amazing to see. To like have this happen in a week and finish in a week for all these college players, for all of the coaches, for everyone who had put all their heart and soul into it, for for the team at Barstool to get that done was amazing. And, and all props to them. So the University of North Texas took the W. But I mean, just a really special thing and probably will never happen. Most likely will never happen again because this is such a crazy scenario. So all props to them for making that happen. As amazing as that event was, hopefully it never has to happen again because the NCAA won't be stupid and make weird decisions like they did. So yeah. Don't rely on that, Nico. Don't rely on the NCAA. I, that is a high hope. I have I, I have faith in people. I, I, unfortunately, I, I have faith in people, so I have faith that they won't make a decision like that, even though I'm probably wrong. So yeah, Maddie, what's your kind of two cents on what kind of happened with that? I mean, I hope that the NCAA can reevaluate their decision making and kind of move forward in a positive way. I think there's a lot of changes. It's not just in women's golf; it's throughout all of women's college athletics. And you know, I respect Barstool a little bit. Oh, look this much more just a little <laughs> tiny bit i'll, I'll admit bit. that I, I i respect that they're terrible golfers but i, oh, I yeah. respect that absolutely and horrendous i'm just glad that the girls got to play their last tournament with their teammates because that would just i know it seems like you know a lot of these girls would go on and try and play professionally but i've played with so many high level players in college and they just they're like you know this is the end of the line for me. I've, I've played where, where I've wanted to play and I don't think I'd enjoy playing for have it be like my income. And I think that I respect that. And I think it's really sad that a lot of girls would have not been able to finish with their team and end on their own terms. Cause I know I've had a, a sport taken away from me that wasn't really on my own terms. And that is just, it's hard to like, let that sit with you for a long time. So good for yeah. them. Good for Barstool. 
Yeah, like you said, we're big bar. Me and Cam and Daniel were all big barstool guys. Um, but yeah, so congrats to uh, University of North Texas won the the team portion of that tournament, and Audrey Tan of North Texas she won by two shots. She shot nine under par for the three rounds. So congrats wow. to her. So yeah. congrats to her and congrats Tough to course, University. Too. That's right. A yeah, great number. Yeah, yeah. So congrats wow. to North Texas and Audrey Tan for winning that event. Um, it's it's really awesome, and I'm just. I'm I'm upset that they didn't get to finish their college careers on an NCAA level, but the fact that they still got to play an extra event, not necessarily that it didn't mean anything because it, it is a team event and you do want to try and go out there and win it, but an event no, nonetheless that you get to play in with your team and, and, uh, and just have fun with. Yeah. yeah. It's still, they still didn't get to go to nationals or like play for a chance to go to nationals. So I think that that just sucks. That's just brutal. I think part of the reason why they were trying to figure out a golf course um, in Arizona, in like the kind of Phoenix Valley area, was because that's where Nationals was this year. Is that Greyhawk? Yeah. Nationals is at Greyhawk, so they were trying to find right. a, a course that was kind of near there, just to kind of not shove it to the NCAA, but to say, all right, we're going to have all these college girls that you screwed playing at a golf course that's you know <laughs> not less than an hour away. I mean, yeah. just kind of yeah, just show the NCAA who's boss, I guess. Yeah. Speaking of, of college golf, Maddie, what was your, your college career like? I'm dying to hear about it for sure. You played for University of California, Irvine. I did. Freaking awesome. I so, did. Yeah. It, it was short. It was actually short. You know, I redshirted my freshman year. I was injured. I had an old soccer injury and I had to get knee surgery my freshman year. So I didn't play really any junior golf going into college. I was a very, I was a newbie in the golf world, even though my dad's a professional golf coach, but I still was, I was new. Nico could vouch for me. I was not that good in high school. And then my sophomore year I played, I started, I played on at every tournament, which was really exciting. And then junior year got cut in half basically. Cause that's when COVID started. So I played half a season. I had the lowest scoring average on my team. So that was exciting. And then COVID happened and then missed the first half of this senior season for me, I played the last four events and I played in the conference championship and then that's it. So I really like a total played like two years of college golf, but I was at UC Irvine for four years and I opted to not take a fifth year. I actually could have had six years, but I was like, you know, I think I'm done with the whole like school thing. I've done it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just going to go play golf and see where this takes me. Right. Yeah. So, so speaking of that, um, we were talking with you a little bit before we started recording. You're turning professional in two months in August. So yeah, what, what, like kind of what is that? What is that process going to kind of be like for you? You know, do you have tournaments in mind that you're already going to play in? You know, what's what's kind of your plan starting uh, your professional career? So I'm staying as an amateur until I go to Q school in August. So I'm playing in the Southwestern Am in Arizona in June. And then I'm going to play in two more amateur events in on the East Coast. I'm hopefully going to get into the North and South. And then I'm going to get into the Western Am because I got into that one last year. And then I'll play in the Q School prep with, on the Cactus Tour. And then I go to Q School in August. So I have about four tournaments coming up that should prepare me. You know, it's been a weird year. I haven't, I've played four tournaments this entire year. So eight tournaments in one year going into Q School is it's not that much, but you know, stranger things have happened. I used to be a soccer player and now I'm going to play professional golf. So stranger things have happened. So I, I think you, I think you don't give yourself enough credit, Maddie. You said that you weren't very good in high school. You were a very good golfer in high school. Maybe not. 
a hundred percent D one ready, but you got the opportunity to go. And then, yeah, you took that, you know, one, you took that red shirt year and yeah, you had injury and stuff, but definitely, you know, got ready as much as you could to go and play. And, and like you said, playing all the events, uh, your sophomore year. So that's good. That's awesome that you're, uh, that you're kind of, yeah. I mean, eight tournaments, it's not a lot, but the events that you're playing in are going to be good enough fields that I feel like yeah. it'll prepare you enough for, uh, yeah. for kind of going to that Q school. How is Q school the same as, um, as like men's Q school? Is it, is it still three stages and stuff and four rounds at each yeah. stage? Yeah, it's still three stages. The first one's at Mission Hills in California, so that will be really exciting. And then at the Dinah uh, Shore or the Pete Dye course, do you know? It's it's at the Dinah Shore, and then we play one round at Shadow Ridge Country Club. So I've never played there, so I'm gonna go out and play a couple practice rounds. But yeah, it's exciting, and I, I yeah, I don't give myself that much credit just because. I, I've, I've worked really hard to come a long way. I was shooting like 10 over par for nine holes in high school. Like I really wasn't that good. And now I'm a plus four and can go and probably kick Nico's butt all over the golf course. So at the present second, <laughs> yeah. you very much could kick my ass on the golf course. Oh yeah. But it's been a lot of work. You know, my dad, he is a extremely talented developmental coach and he's made my swing extremely simple. So I think I've come a long way a lot because of my dad. I work with um, Rick Sessinghouse now, who's Collins coach for my mental game. I work with a trainer. I, I have a lot of stuff that goes into it, you know, but I'm trying to keep the team really small and keep it close to me because I don't want to have a bunch of cooks in the kitchen and I don't want to change anything. You know, a lot of people go on to tour and then they want to reinvent the wheel. And I, yeah. I think it's important to just stay true to who I am. I'm trying to get a little bit more yardage off the tee. I got the new um, Titleist driver. Highly recommend that thing. That has driver is an absolute spin. bomb. It, absolute bomb. It goes. I had a. I had a. I'm just gonna put this out here. I had a pitching wedge in on a par five. I don't usually get to par fives, and I had a pitching wedge in on a par five that I usually have to hit four wood. It was a little Bums. downwind. It was a little downwind. <laughs> but I was like, wow, like this club is going, I just got it like a week ago and it's going far. So that's it. It's all exciting. You know, lots of changes except for the putter. I've had the same putter for like four years. I don't think I'm ever going to change. Steve little. Stricker has had his same putter for like 40 years and he's still one of the best putters in the world. So whatever works, works. By the way, Rick, do you guys, he popped up like 15 times in PGA commercials <laughs> today. <laughs> I know. I got to text him and tell me he looks good in his commercials. It was pretty yeah. impressive. I was like, oh, my oh, yeah. God, my coach. He doesn't yeah. touch my swing. He just does my my mental game stuff, which yeah. is important. You know, you get to, like, the next level. And I, like Nico said, I don't give myself enough credit. I have a little bit of imposter syndrome going on where I'm like, how am I going to turn pro? And I've played, like, two years of college golf. Like, I just – but, you know, big dreams. So, let's – we're just going to try and have some more confidence and try and shoot a little more under par rounds. I really need to do that. You've got a good team around you. And I think it, it also goes to show like on that level of golf, on that high level, it's not just the, the stuff on the course and on the range and on the, the practice green. It's like the day in to day out stuff. Like, like you said, your mental game, not only when you're on the course, but also when you're off the course, you know, that personal confidence, that self-confidence, um, your workouts, like your diet, like everything you do, to make it at that level has to be dialed in and you have to have a good team around you. So that's, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a really interesting world and I'm, I, we're all excited for you. 
for sure. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah. It's more than a full-time job. Let me tell you everything, everything goes into it. You know, I have to think about what time I'm going to bed. I have to think about everything that I eat for breakfast. How much coffee am I drinking before I play? You know, it's, it's all like, it, it just, it's a full-time commitment and it never lets up. And my sister's always like, you need to go have some more fun. We're in Hawaii. Let's go to the beach. And I'm like, I can't go to the beach because then I'm going to be tired tomorrow and I have practice tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm yeah. kind of a downer, but you know, you got to focus on what you want. And I'm, I'm trying to get to that next level. And being out here in Hawaii, this practice facility, it is next level. I don't know if Nico's seen any of it on Instagram, but I it's have. pretty legit. Hawala yeah. looks insane. It's, I, it's a joke. It is a joke. <laughs> I was, I was so pure. Tepid. I was trying to figure out a way to maybe get out there this summer. I don't really think it's going to happen. I have other things planned that I'm trying to do, but um, hopefully sometime in the near future, I can get out there just because not, yeah, not only the golf course, just the practice facility and the golf holiday there. It's just, I just, I'm in love with it. And I just, I want to, I want to be there just to experience it a little bit. Yeah. I think everyone, if, if you love golf, you should come out here. Cause even, even if you don't play the course, like, the practice facility my dad has set up, he calls it like a PJ tour range. So each green that's out on the range is, is the size of the tour average from each yardage. So like a hundred yards on tour is 20 feet. So like that green from a hundred yards is 20 feet wide. He's kind of, he's crazy. He's like that's a crazy sick. golf dude. Yeah. It's really sick. It's, it's awesome. Whoa. So life in Hawaii in general, I've been, three times all on the, I've all only been to Oahu. What's what's life like out there? What's your day to day? I mean, obviously you said you're everything's going into your golf game and everything, but like, what's your day to day looking like out in, out in paradise? You know, I wake up, I get some breakfast, I get dressed for golf. And then I just go to the course basically all day. I think I've spent an average of like eight to 10 hours on the golf course. I swear, like that's not even being dramatic. I've literally been on the course from like nine, nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning until at least six at night, like every single day. It's just, it's just beautiful. Like why wouldn't you just spend all the time out there? And I have a pretty structured practice routine that I like to do, especially with my putting. And then we've been playing 18 holes a day. So that's been really fun. Lots of, um, gambling and you know playing for money of course my boyfriend his name's mason and he is a very good golfer he's he's gonna turn pro soon i don't know when exactly but he's a very good golfer he hits the ball about 100 yards past me almost but it's it's pretty impressive to watch him so it's always a good competition you know but he gets to every par five and two which is extremely frustrating i know nico you probably get to every par five and two maybe you too but i I don't get to every part five. Depends, depends, but depends. I can get to, yeah. I'll be, I'll be hundred percent honest. I'm, I'm going through a weird, I'm not hitting it great right now. I'm hitting it decent. I'm going through a weird slump where my driver is going absolutely nowhere right now. Like the irons are going the same distance. Three was going the same distance. I'm hitting driver and I'm playing with guys that I've played with before. I'm like 25 yards like behind them. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on right now? So I need to try and I need to try and figure out what's going on with that. But yeah, most of the time I can get to, to the par fives and two with somewhat no problem. Even if, even if I am hitting three, would I hit my through it pretty straight so i can get yeah. there too even if it, even if it's the long club but yeah no it's a, i'm going through a weird like slump right now and i have no idea what's going on that's hey. that was what was happening to me i was hitting i hit my irons pretty far for a girl i'm not gonna lie i hit seven iron like 155 which is 
that doesn't seem that far, but that's like tour average is like 142 or something. So I'm that's further, that's with further my than iron. my dad hits it. Yeah, I'm killing it. I hit the irons because I, I, my ball striking is probably the best part of my game. I hit the irons right. really solid, but the, and then the driver was like going nowhere, and that's why I got the new driver. And now it's, it is, it's better. It's much better. What driver do you have, Nico? I still have the Rogue Sub Zero. I'm, I'm, I'm in dire need for an upgrade. I honestly, I honestly think that there's something cracked that I can't see on the driver. It's, I honestly think because happens. it was, it was, it was like a steady. Because I played a U.S. Open qualifier three weeks ago in Wichita, and then the next week I played another. I played a Tennessee. I played another tournament, and I remember just the next week I just saw a sudden drop off in distance and stuff. So I just, yeah, I, I think that there's some sort of crack or something going on with the driver that I just can't see. I'm in dire need of, a, of an upgrade with the driver, but first off, I need to just get sorted everything and hit the ball a little bit straighter before I can even worry about that because if it's not going straight, it doesn't really matter. But if it's broken, it won't go straight. Like yeah, if you have a con, like if you had a concave face, that ball is not going to go straight, and it will go that's way true. shorter. Yeah, you should true. you should go check that out. Ask your coach; I'm sure he would tell you that you need to go check that out too. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I had the same kind of deal. Like I don't want to say it was going nowhere, but like I definitely was noticing my con- well. The biggest thing for me was like my confidence over the ball with off the tee with driver was just like dropping slowly, like. I just, it was, it was rough. So I went and got, I have a Maverick now and it's, it's like changed my game. Like, I don't want to say it's fully like changed my game, but it's definitely like made me a lot more confident over drives where I'm like, I'm going to hit this. It's going to go a mile. I'm going to, you know, just looking at, you know, off the T confidence that is everything. So like for sure it's helped my game too, but yeah. That's what I used to have. That was my old driver, the Maverick. I loved it. It was great until it wasn't. And then I was like, okay, no, please. It was spinning like, the spin rate was like 3000 oh, and now I'm yeah. at like 2000. Sometimes if I get like one of those high toes, it's like at 1700 with this new driver, Holy it just, cow. it literally goes forever and it yeah. carries like at least 15 yards farther on average for me. Yeah, so see, that's a, Nico, yeah. get it together, dude. Come on. Yeah. Mom, that, title, that, that Titleist <laughs> driver. So my teammate Elliot got that Titleist driver. I don't remember if it was earlier this semester or late last semester, but he got that driver some, this, this past year. And I remember, cause I have last year's version of the Titleist three wood and he got the new Titleist three wood as well. And I remember hitting it and it was the same exact, sh- I have the same shaft as he does. And it was the same exact shaft. And I was just watching it on the driving range and it was carrying at least like 10 yards farther. And my, it was a, mine was a brand new three wood too. I'd only had it for, you know, a couple of months right before I got to school and it was going like 10 yards farther. Again, I, I hit my three wood pretty straight and it goes decently far. So that wasn't something I was worried about. But yeah, the driver is something I need to get, I need to get figured out somewhat soon. Yeah, no, I, I believe in you, Nico. Just hit, just hit more bombs. That's all you got to do. Golf's easy, right? Damn, I, I might be hitting three wood off the tee in for every every time that we play in Nashville, just because I might be going farther than the driver. My now. my three wood <laughs> might be going further than your three wood, though, dude. This new Sim Two three wood is a freaking oh, missile launcher. I finally yeah. got it. So, Maddie, I I go to get fit. Let's see, in March, March tenth, and and my fitter was like, yeah. So right now, like Taylor made about a month behind on build time. And I was like, all right, bet. Cause I got the Maverick and then I got a Sim 2 three wood. And so, or Sim 2 max three wood. So I've, it's been two months and I still had no three wood and no emails, no uh, anything updates. So I go in the other day and I was like, Hey, like, it's been a long time. Like, do you guys like what's going on here? And, and the guy was like, actually 
me ask my manager real quick. So the manager comes over and he's like, oh, we literally just got a three wood with the exact same specs as you like yesterday. Do you want it? And I was like, yes. Because he said the wait time had pushed to August. So it would be like five months of wait. So I ended up getting it. And I had a range session two days ago, missile launcher. So it's, it feels good. New gear is always fun. New gear is always did you fun. Just say, did you just say missile launcher? Yes. That I don't know about that one. I don't know. You know my, uh, one of my teammates. That's a little bit of an overstatement. Maybe. Little much. One of my one of my teammates. We one of my teammates. We call him we call him Small Will. He uh, <laughs> every every time he steps up on the tee and he's confident, he just kind of looks at us. He's he says he says this is about to be a nuke right here. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> oh goodness gracious. He's a funny guy. He's this, he's a he's a he's a little redneck freshman kid and stuff, and he's he's just hilarious. But he's just kind of turns. He's like, "This is gonna be a nuke right here." And we're just like, "All right, let's see it, dude." It's a, it's a like it's a like twenty yards. It's a like twenty yards behind us too, which is hilarious. <laughs> oh, How far are you hitting it, Nico? Oh, geez, I'm hitting it probably with a three with a driver that actually goes the distance that it should. I'm probably hitting it like two eighty five average. But if I catch one, it's you know, it's three, it's like 300, no problem. Dang. So, and Van Dam would outdrive you then. For yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I was paired. I was paired with her in the U S open qualifier at Brentwood and I played 36 holes with her. And I wish that I was, this was before I got the new driver, but she still, she was like 50 yards by me on every single hole. And I was like, it was, it, she's huge. She's so tall. She hits the ball so far. I was like, wow, if I hit the ball that far, I think I'd already be on LPJ tour, but I just, there's just no way. The interesting thing about her too, is her swing is so smooth. Like mm-hmm. she's not like, like you look at like Brooke Henderson or Lexi Thompson and like, they're just going at the golf ball, you know, they're, right. they're, they're going at it. They're putting everything into it. When you watch Ann Van Dam swing, like it's so smooth and so like pure, I think because she gets so much compression and her like technique and ball striking is so like top notch that it doesn't even look like she's trying. Like she's amazing. And I hope in the next couple of years that she has more success. Cause she's, I think great for, for the ladies, for the ladies. Yeah. For sure. and for the I mean, she is, she's tall. So like, if you have some height, you have just, you don't have to swing as hard. You have leverage. If you look at girls like Nellie Corda, she bombs it. And it literally looks like she's swinging slower than I swing, but just cause she has all of the leverage that she needs for me. I'm five one. I have to literally jump off the ground to try and get the ball to go anywhere. Like that's just, it's just different. Like the way that we're built, you know, but yeah, her swing is so good. I think is she working with, I think she's working with Sean Foley. She's, she's a good, she's super nice too. She was so nice to me. I was like, Oh my gosh, this girl's been on the LPGA tour for eight years. I was like all nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been more nervous on a first tee ever in my life. And it was like a stupid U S open qualifier. Like that's not even that big of a deal. And I was like shaking on the first hole. I was like, and I hit it. I hit a good drive down the middle and I looked at Mason was catting for me. And I looked at him. I'm like, I don't think I've ever been more nervous in my entire life. Like I was, <laughs> I was so yeah. scared. Uh, yeah. Did did he, I saw, I think I saw on Instagram. Did he play in one also? He also, yeah, I, he caddied for me and then I caddied for him. It was very adorable. I was just gonna say I was like oh that's cute so cute little little golf couple all we do is play against each other like we literally just gamble against each other all the time but we we try not to take each other's money because I think that that would like hurt the relationship a little bit 
so we we like it like goes into a pot so we call it like the birthday pot so like if he gets it then more money goes towards his birthday present if i win then more money goes towards mine but it's just a healthier way to gamble you know we're like the tip like i mean i don't know a lot of other people that are like dating but also like play golf together for like eight hours a day and right, like yeah. i try not to annoy him too much nico knows i i'm kind of annoying sometimes i'm super talkative just a little just bit just a little, a little bit. bit so <laughs> i would I, say i would say it's hard. more I, I would say it's more constantly entertaining than annoying it is I've, entertaining i've hung out with you for like 20 minutes once and i can i can also confirm that it's it's entertaining being around you for sure um, good good i'm glad <laughs> people my sister always says that people laugh at me more than they laugh with me like i had some jokes that i was gonna say during the podcast today and i like ran them by my sister and she was like you cannot say those those are not funny at all maddie no one's gonna laugh and i was like they're only gonna laugh at you i was like i don't know nico knows my sister she's yeah, yeah. she's a handful <laughs> That does that, that sound like your sister just a little bit. I mean, you and your sister are very, very interesting, very fun, loving relationship. But yeah, you are. She is not not necessarily mean, but it's sister mean where she doesn't really mean it, but she does mean it type thing. Yeah. yeah like she can get away with it because like she has to love me. So like right, I know exactly. that she has to love me, but it's still kind of harsh. Like I kind of hurt my feelings because I think I'm funny and nobody like if people just laugh at me, but it's OK. I like to be a source of entertainment for people. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. 100%. No, definitely. A, a very important, important, very, the, possibly the most important question on this podcast. We ask every guest that comes on, although I think, did we forget to ask Lou? We did forget to ask we Lou. We did I forget think. to ask Lou. He'll be on again eventually though. Anyway, oh, yeah. Yeah. you're on the course, you know, what's your go-to to drink and snack on the course? Okay. I drink water. I'm boring. That's I fine. have to drink water. And, and I drink blue Gatorade, but it has to be blue. And nope. like, I'm not superstitious, but it has to be blue Gatorade. It just needs yeah. to be. And then for a snack, oh gosh. Like, am I playing in a tournament or am I playing for fun? I mean, both. I mean, give like us Rick, both. Give us Rick, both. Like Rick was like, hey, you know, had, yeah. beef jerky is great. But, you know, if like chicken nachos are an option, I'm going to go that way. So, I mean, it can be, <laughs> can be whatever you're vibing with, you know? Okay, my favorite snack in the whole world is chips. Like any kind of chips, I will just eat chips. So like chips on the golf course for me. Sometimes when I'm playing bad out here, I'm like, I need a bag of chips. It's going to make me feel better. <laughs> and so I, yeah. I eat like bags of chips, like any kind, like sea salt vinegar, any kind like that. And then when I'm actually playing in tournaments, I eat Cliff Bars. Cliff Bars. I'm, I'm going to try and get a Cliff Bar sponsorship because I give them all of my money. I literally, I, I eat every i have <laughs> that was so on brand <laughs> yes. I literally have one. this one's good they're white chocolate ma macadamia nut yeah and then they also make like little mint they taste like thin mints but they're like kind of healthy i don't know if you've had those before Ooh. they're yeah. i recommend those too so that's my boring snacks <laughs> I used to be a big protein bar, cliff bar guy, but I've since moved to um, Old Trapper beef jerky. That's that's my company. That if I want to get sponsored by like some people that make food for the golf course, Old Trapper beef jerky is my company. It has to be that company specifically for beef jerky because I love their beef jerky. Wow. 
Um, Maybe they'll sponsor you because no one's ever freaking heard of them. I've never heard right, of exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. Old Trapper Beef Jerky. They sell it at Walmart and stuff. I just stroll. I know exactly where they keep it too. I just stroll in. They always. It's the peppered. Yeah, just the peppered beef jerky tastes so good. I uh, that my my teammate Small Will. Um, he came and caddied for me in my U.S. Open qualifier a couple weeks ago in Wichita, and we I I bought like three bags for the trip, and he ate two of them. Like I was out oh, playing. Man. I don't eat. I don't eat a ton of food anymore on the golf course. I drink a lot of water, and I'm just like so focused. I don't get hungry as often. But he was just sitting there on the side of the bag, just sitting there snacking on beef jerky the entire time. I re- I remember. I remember there was one hole. I think it was like 14 or 15 or something. I had a five ten footer or something for for birdie, and uh, I told him I was like I was like the next tee is over there because he actually forgot where the next tee was. I was like oh the next tee is over there. He's like oh okay, and then I go and I like kind of mark my balls. As I stand up, I turn around. He's already on the next tee box, sitting on the ground eating the bag of beef here. Wow. I just kind of glanced at him. I just start I just started laughing. I mean it was a straight it was a straight putt and I made it and I was just like all right that was pretty good. I will also say uh, so. Speaking of redneck target walmart um yeah i went the other day i went to get like some toiletries for the trip for the nashville trip yeah you know, i had to get like a little travel shampoo or whatever i went and it's like it was highly confusing being in a retail environment and not wanting to ask people where things are because i i'm so used to because i work at home depot so i'm like telling i'm like used to asking people or like people ask me all the time and i just didn't want to ask the walmart employees because i didn't want to bother them and i couldn't find anything like it took me 20 <laughs> minutes to find the little travel section yeah i don't think i've ever been inside of a walmart i really? i mean it i've never been into a walmart i don't like walmart it's a different i don't experience. go to walmart i'm, I'm, a, I'm a target girl it's a magical a experience target whore. i love target <laughs> I, I can go, I shop on Target on my phone. I like to go into Target. I went into Target for the first time since the pandemic and like kind of like settled down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm home. I love Target. I'm like the most basic white girl ever. I, I just love it say, there. My sisters are both the same way. I don't know what it is about females in Target, but like it's a thing. 100% they have everything. There's nothing that you can't get at Target. They have everything that you could possibly want. It's wonderful. I love Target. And also, yeah. Nico, you need to eat on the golf course. I do eat on the golf course and stuff. It's just I I I just I, I drink I, I drink so many water so much water and, and body armors on the golf course already. And then I'm playing, I'm so focused that like I don't forget to eat. I just don't get hungry. And then I like when I do like I and then I'll realize like, oh yeah, I have the beef jerky and I'll have some kind of beef jerky right around the turn and stuff. But then like the entire back nine starts and I'll crush another body armor and I'm just like I'm out there and I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I just kind of, it slips my mind and I don't really get hungry. But yeah, but you I am, need I am, to, you need to maintain that, that level that, that was like in college. I think that that was like a huge thing that I learned. I was like, I don't eat on the golf course. And then I started to go a little crazy where if I was playing well, I wouldn't eat. Cause I was like, I'm going to mess myself up. If I eat this banana, it's going to mess me up. I'm going to make a bogey. Like I, it was, it's crazy. And then, obviously then you end up playing bad because you're getting hungry and you can't make a good swing. And yeah. so my dad used to have to be like, did you eat? Did you eat? I'm like, father, leave me alone. Yes. I <laughs> ate my food. Gosh, but I eat a banana on the first hole, like walking down the first fairway. That is also something I do. It's a little superstitious, but I always eat a green banana. I only like green bananas. 
I can't do them after shame. they're like too brown. I can't do it. No. I can't do it either. That's a yikes for me. Too. I don't. I mean, they need I to mean, be not, green. Yeah, not brown, but I mean, I don't think I've ever eaten a green banana. Like yellow is good, but I, I don't really. No, it needs to have like not... green, like green on the top and the bottom has to have green on it. Okay. That okay. It, it needs to be like when, bitter. Okay. When you say green banana, I'm thinking that there's no, there's just no yellow on it whatsoever. It's just a straight green banana. I'm like, I couldn't do that. I mean, I can eat, I, I can eat a banana that has a little bit of green on it, but not a, just a full green banana. <laughs> Nico's like, Maddie's crazy. She probably would eat just a full on green banana. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we? Oh, jeez. Uh, hey, I want to tell my joke though. Yeah, please right, go for it. Yeah, tell yeah, tell jokes. Okay. Tell jokes. Yeah. Okay, this is my first my first joke. Which wait, should I make the one about Brooks Kepka first? Okay, I'm gonna make the one about Brooks Kepka. Yes. So I think that Brooks Kepka looks like if Neiman turned into Bryson DeChambeau. I think that it that's how Brooks Kepka looks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good one. Thank that you. is a good. That is a, that they actually do look. Somewhat similar, yeah. I actually if, I see that. If I totally Neiman see that. Went on the Deschambeau diet, he would turn into Bruce Kepka. He even has the little whatever the this situation goatee. is. The goatee. It's yeah. not a goatee. It's more than a goatee. It's it's a whole problem. It's a. I don't no. like it. No. Not a good look. And then my other one is that Phil Nicholson reminds me of my mom when she got social media and she just didn't know when to stop posting. That was, that was, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Phil's social See? media. He's just the dad of the PGA tour. He really is. And I just, I love the fact that he is like the older guy that's active on social media. It is way too much, but some of it is absolutely <laughs> hilarious for that same reason where he just doesn't know when to stop. So some of the stuff he says is so preposterously stupid that it's hilarious. <laughs> we got a this coffee salesman, day. a calves guy, a thumbs yeah, up man, just, like, He's, like, he's built oh different. God. You remember, I, it, it was oh, two, I think it was like two or three years ago at the Masters, right after he got social media. It was like the first Masters after he got social media. He goes and he's driving down Magnolia Lane, and it was a video <laughs> the day after he was like the wearing all black, hitting bombs yeah. thing. He yes. was like, I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna try and break the record for the most thumbs up during a round <laughs> of golf. And then later that day, and then later that day, he posted a video at the house that he was, and he was like icing his hand. He had like his, his thumb out. He was like, he was like, guys, I broke the record. Five thousand thumbs up today. Uh, it was so, it was so stupid. Oh, but yeah, Phil. see, that was that was the point in Phil's career where he hadn't won a golf tournament in a year or two, and he was getting older. He was almost Champions Tour age. So they were just like, all right, Phil's pretty much done. He's doing the social media thing to stay relevant now, and now Phil's winning major championships. So I was going to say, like, it, it's really funny because I feel like even a couple months ago on the podcast, we were saying how he's just like he's going out to the Champions Door and schlubbing around over there and like winning by 15 shots and like doing this crazy stuff with the shades and the coffee. And we're like, he's like going downhill. Like he's done. And then he comes out and wins at Kiwa Island, the PGA championship. Like it's, it's really, really fascinating. Shout out to Phil, man. Who would have thought? Add it, add it to another crazy thing that has happened in the last year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right, Maddie Riggs. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, you are what time is it there? Is it like three o'clock there right now? Yeah, it's three o'clock. Yeah. 
it's, it's seven o'clock, o'clock here in Utah. It's the sun, the sun's going down. There's really not much to do at this point. So I'm sure you're probably going to go out and practice right now, which is disappointing. So have fun <laughs> doing that. Thank you for joining. And we'll probably get you on at some point again. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, you got any social media we can plug for you? Tell the people to go uh, hit you up. Or not hit you up, but give you a follow. Don't hit me up. I don't, won't respond. Yeah. <laughs> follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. I don't know if you're going to like tag it or whatever, but it's Maddie Riggs with two E's and two R's. Yep. That's right. my Instagram. You can follow my, all of my um, Hawaii pictures and be jealous. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Solid. All righty. Well, thank you, Maddie. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'll read it on the podcast. Strive for five stars. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're on Pandora and iHeart now as well, and Amazon Music. So we're uh, you know getting our reach out. Um, social media at Guys the Golf Pod, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of the places. And um, next week we'll be a live podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. All of us in the same room for the first time in like two in, years. In- First year, first time in podcast history, but the first time the three of us are together in a year and a half, yeah. basically. So, so yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, huge thank you to Maddie. Thank you to everyone who's listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later, y'all. Bye. Adios.